What's up everyone and welcome to episode number 43 of the Just an Insight podcast. My name is Tim Birkbeck, I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling, but most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. It's been two weeks and apparently I'm out of of practice, but hey ho, we're back, here we are after um, a little break. Have you missed me? Probably not, but if you have, thank you once again for for joining me on this little show. Um, Rather than give you wonderful listeners a pretty rubbish excuse as to why there hasn't been an episode for the last couple of weeks, simply is I haven't had any time unfortunately. Uh, I was away in London for one week and then uh, just other life got in the way and I didn't get a chance to record our wrestling round table that we usually do which was going to be last week's episode because I was literally burnt out uh got home from Monday when I was meant to record and I was asleep by nine o'clock thumbs up me adulting complete um but yeah since we last spoke uh been pretty busy as I said was up in London went to the uh, Revolution Pro Global Wars shows which were awesome uh, finally got to see Keith Lee wrestle live. Also got to see Minoru Suzuki uh, and Tetsuro Naito, which was absolutely awesome. Um, there was a moment where my faith in humanity was restored. Uh, on the second night, I was sat next to uh, a little girl, probably about maybe like 11, 12, I don't know. But um, if you're a fan of New Japan wrestling, uh, you'll know who Daryl is. Uh, so she had a little Daryl stuffed toy on her lap. And then when uh, Naito came out literally shrieked so loud as if she'd just seen the Beatles or something it was the best reaction I'd ever seen so yeah that kind of restored my my faith in humanity a little bit um as mentioned was meant to do a wrestling roundtable so we had the NXT uh war games and survivor series which were were pretty cool um, but more recently, Weekend Just Gone, uh, went and saw Knocked Loose, Comeback Hidden Every Time I Die in Brighton, which was just fucking rad. Uh, eat it, blow it out of the water every single time I see them. Um, it's an incredible live show. Comeback Kid, it was awesome to see them play some of the older stuff, which was which was cool. Um, and Knocked Loose were probably sort of my breakout band of the last year or so. So they were just really cool as well. Um, yeah, that's kind of... Apart from normal work schedule-esque stuff, uh, that's kind of me rounded up. I, I don't want to kind of bleed this out too long because, as I say, it's been a couple of weeks since we, we've had an episode and I, I want to kind of get right into it. So uh, this week's guest, I caught up with three quarters of the uh, New Jersey emo punk band uh, Prawn when they were here in Southampton the other month. Um, they were on a stint with uh, Ship Present and Flatliners. Uh, so got the chance to speak to them ahead of the show uh, about their new record run, uh, about how they've kind of changed their sound since since the formation of the band and how it's kind of gone for that more rocky live sound rather than sort of being so precise on record um, and how they kind of by default kind of come become flag bearers for their record label Top Shelf uh, just because a lot of the bands who, who were kind of in that breakthrough era for Top Shelf have now either gone on to bigger things or are no longer bands so yeah that that was quite a sort of an interesting point um as mentioned this was at their Southampton show and it was right before doors opened so I was super conscious of time so that's why this uh chat might seem a little bit rushed compared to normal episodes so 
it's a bit of a short one but it's, it's a good one all the same um so yeah please sit back enjoy the conversation i have with prawn and i'll see you on the other side So sat in the joiners with Jamie, Tony, and I've already completely forgotten Kyle. again. Kyle, <laughs> sorry, I'm so bad with names. Uh, making up Prawn, uh, second date of the part of their UK tour with Flatliners. Mm-hmm. Um, finished off in Europe. So how was how was mainland Europe for you guys? It's great. It's really good. It was our fourth time over there. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest shows. Uh, there was no bad luck or anything. <laughs> yeah. No one really got sick. It was great. Yeah. Any particular highlights at all? Highlights. It's all been too good to have yeah. like highlights. It was great to go back to a bunch of clubs we've played before. Yeah. And see a bunch of friends and whatnot. Um, I can't really think of a something that really sticks out. Berlin, we got a skate at a skate park, and we're not skaters. Oh, that, so that was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I thought you were about to say there was like skating during the set. I was like, that'd be pretty cool. No, there's like <laughs> a, at Cassiopeia. There's a skate park like right next to it that's indoor. Oh, okay. And so the Flatliners are friends with the people that run it. So oh, at the end of the nice. show, at like one, we were all drunk just skating around. Oh, what after the show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sick. That's Super fun. Cool. Yeah. No one broke an ankle or anything. So. <laughs> um, Obviously, speaking to, to Kyle and Jamie before you came down, Tony, they don't remember coming to Southampton before. Do you remember being here before? Yes. Was it here? No. It, it was a different a, place. It was a unit. Yeah. And it was part, well... It's part of a fest, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and you guys who came on, you... Early. Because we, like, we had played two shows that day, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I can't remember where... I think you were up north or something afterwards. But... Yeah. And then we were supposed to play Brighton, I think, and the Brighton show didn't even happen. So oh, we really? So left early, yeah. yeah. But um, obviously back in the UK, so... Obviously, I know it's only the second date, but is there any, th- any way you're particularly looking forward to, to hitting? Are there any new cities that you're hitting as well? Well, this one's kind of new, considering we don't remember, really remember <laughs> the last one. Us, yeah. I've been excited to play here because every band goes through the joiners. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. We haven't done Newcastle, which I'm excited for. Cool. Um, and then we haven't played the Dome in London, which I'm excited yeah, for. Yeah, kind of, it's weird. They've kind of only started doing like more shows in the last sort of year and a half mm-hmm. and it's, it's a really nice little venue so yeah, yeah. i'm sure you guys excited will... to play leeds too yeah, leeds, yeah. Leeds we had a really a good, good time with narwhals at brudenell social club yeah 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 leeds is yeah. always always a good fun and so basically the the show that i do is called just an insight so what i like to do is kind of take things right back to the beginning and sort of almost have a journey to, to where we are now so um if you can kind of give us a brief history or as i'd say an insight into how prawn started and how we are prawn today kind of thing how we started um well tony and i grew up playing our instruments together kind okay. of learning together we've always kind of been in the same band jamming with other people uh, i grew up in the same town um once we got through high school we kind of started taking it a little bit more seriously and tony worked at a carnival with Kyle. Okay. And we were yeah. in need of a bassist. And uh, so Tony brought him to a practice one day and he barely said a word, just kind of sat there and kept playing <laughs> along. <laughs> well, yeah, a little nervous. Um, yeah, and then we kind of started to take it a little bit more seriously, playing shows, just get out, recording ourselves. Mm. Um, started to try and tour as much as possible. Got out, there wasn't too many places to play in Jersey, so we were always kind of used to traveling around playing. Um, we eventually had a guitarist quit, so Kyle moved to guitar, and then we've been having a rotating cast of bassists coming <laughs> yeah. in and out ever since. 
So, um, yeah. And then we fell in love with coming to Europe, so fourth time here. Yeah. And then we just try and get out as much as possible. Well, there's something I was going to bring up is kind of the, the bass player. It's almost kind of like the spinal tap syndrome sort of thing. <laughs> um, but it kind of seems like you guys just sort of make do. Not, not make do is maybe not the best way to say it, but you've always got a solution. So is it because you've got the core three of you, is it a case of you guys can write the music and then if you've got a friend that can fill in on bass or is it just that timings haven't worked mm -hmm. out with bass players? Well, the big thing is Ryan plays in sorority noise. Right. Our oh, original, okay. uh, our main bassist. Yeah. So <coughs> he writes all the music yes. with us at home, mm -hmm. and he does as many tours as he can. But just this last year, two years, sorority noise is kind of taking precedence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that happened. We like had a big sit down, and we hashed it all out, and we were like, you know, it's all good. And so then we just started finding friends that can play bass so and wanted to tour. Um, if we quickly fast forward to mm -hmm. run did ryan do stuff all the bass lines yep. yeah right okay so it's, it's just purely kind of touring that you yeah it's just when the schedules conflict with each other um and like the other big thing is like we don't have a booking agent right now so we kind of aren't as organized and planned as sorority <laughs> yeah. noise are which have like their year always like planned out in advance yeah you know? I've, I've spoken to cam before and he seems to be very much a guy who is yeah so like <laughs> yeah ryan like knows his whole year. Yeah. And so, like, that is kind of, like, the first priority for him, just mm. because if, it, like, for us, we'll be like, oh, we just got invited to Flatliners, like, two months before the tour started. Yeah, yeah. He had already had that Citizen tour booked for, like, eight months. Right, you know? I'm so with you, like, yeah. Oh, all right, that's fine. So. But is that kind of, not irritating, but does that kind of, does it hinder you at any points at all? It hasn't so far. We've been really lucky. I yeah. mean, it's been kind of nice to have so many different people come in just to kind of change up the overall vibe of tours and mm. whatnot. And yeah. we've we've toured with guys that have toured with other bands themselves, so it's nice for them to kind of like bring some other people that we don't know, yeah, to like friends and whatnot when we're mm. out. So, yeah, I mean, it puts a little bit more work on us, but we're just so used to it at this point, mm. and we've got so many different guys that can do it. Yeah, that it's just kind of it's kind of like a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And we have enough. I don't know if you know the band Caravels. Yes. They were on Top Shelf. Yes. We have, they have a, that is a band name I have not heard in a very long time. Corey played bass for Caravels. Right. He was filling in okay. for us. Who, so he did the Pup Tour with us in May, and then we asked him to do this one. And so he lives out in Portland, but he works at like a bar, like a venue like this, basically, yeah. in Portland. So he can take time off, too. And it, like, yeah, it's been a perfect fit the yeah. last two tours with him. Cool. And again, I'm, I'm kind of chopping and changing my sort of timeline a little bit, but you mentioned, Jamie, obviously... When you were last here in Southampton was the first kind of time you were over here in the UK and it was just off the back of the first album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously that was my first introduction to your, you guys, probably mm -hmm. a lot of other people. Um, what was your kind of feeling off the back of that? Because I think, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but for me it went kind of first album, Kingfisher was a second album. I don't mean that in a, mm -hmm. in a horrible mm -hmm. way, but Run is kind of back to revisiting the first album in my opinion mm -hmm. um so did you kind of expect the reception from the first album that you got did you because I, I feel that that album was part of that kind of top shelf wave and mm -hmm. was one of the higher up albums mm -hmm. so did you did you foresee that kind of reception that you got at all not really um i don't know i always i, I can never gauge receptions yeah. of our records because <laughs> yeah. like uh, this is kind of off topic, but we've like been seen on the internet like 
the people that like really liked Kingfisher aren't liking the new record because it's a little bit different. I, yeah, see, I and think it's that's like, why. Because uh, again, I don't mean this in a horrible way, but mm-mm. Kingfisher wasn't my cup of tea. Where yeah. I really like Run. So yeah, it's been interesting because like all these people are like, oh, Kingfisher's like not all these people, and I don't want to sound conceited, but like <laughs> we're reading these comments like Kingfisher's one of my favorite records of all time, blah blah blah. Like, and when it came out, I felt like it wasn't received at all, and like nobody ever really talked about yeah. it that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Like, what and the now, hell was this yeah, when it like, came out. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been nice to have some of this <laughs> feedback, yeah. uh, you know, three years ago. So, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. Top Shelf signed us. They didn't even sign us. They just said, hey, we'll put your record out. Yeah, and we did. You can just leave it all. Yeah, because we had um, self-released it at first. Yeah. And then they kind of mm. went the final thing, and then... And then, yeah, and then... I mean, I feel like that, that was just, like, us really starting at that point. Um, and we would just take any opportunity we could. So, like, we didn't really have expectations, like... And I know that sounds cliche, but... Yeah, yeah. It really was kind of like... That first time we went to Europe, like, we had, like... Not a sketchy booking agent, but... Uh, <laughs> not the most professional, but he yeah. did, like two Algernon Codwallader tours and yeah, he asked yeah. us and Ape Up to come we were like I never thought the band would take us to Europe let's go to Europe and yeah, try yeah, to play yeah. some music yeah. Um, and yeah I feel like you know it, we didn't start like feeling like a real band I don't think until maybe after Ships okay because you can just leave it all it was all DIY touring just like all basements which yeah. was awesome it was great but it was never like playing like venues or supporting big yeah, bands yeah. and stuff and we were also all still in university at the time oh, okay. so it was kind of yeah. like a... so we didn't tour that much we would just do like one summer tour and then yeah. like weekend shows yeah um, but then after Ships came out that's when we all finished university basically yeah he still had a year left but that was right when our guitars, other guitars quit yeah. right around the same time. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So then we almost like just broke up. Like we had some, oh, okay. just because we were like, well, we've been doing this for a couple of years. It's yeah. really fun. We always said like if one of us leaves, we're just going to call it quits because yeah. it's, you know, been us. And then the three of us were just like, no, nah, we're having too much fun. Let's just keep the band going. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we have tons of friends that are great musicians. <laughs> Kyle always wanted to play guitar in the band. So yeah. it was like... Yeah, so it just kind of worked out then. perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I had grown up playing guitar, so it was always something that I had uh, always thought of doing. Yeah, so. like the the kind of early sort of top shelf wave that you guys were part of you mentioned caravels mm-hmm. pianos from teeth yeah nameless bands and obviously i think nowadays top shelf is still a record label that obviously put out incredible records but some people are maybe not picking up on some of the bands as well as they were back in mm-hmm. that early time and i think some people kind of see you guys as "Quote unquote veterans of that label." Yeah, well, I think so, yeah. I think so, we could say it. Yeah. yeah. So do you, obviously, with Run coming out now, do you kind of 
feel that not you have to carry the top shelf name because obviously they've made a name for themselves but mm-hmm. that it's your responsibility to almost fly the flag for them in a way a little bit we're like best friends with them yeah and we've only worked with them as a record label. well yeah basically yeah, we've only worked with them yeah um so yeah it's kind of mutual mm. like you know we both want to support each other and try to take it as you know mm. far as possible so yeah, I guess it's yeah, kind of feeling. Like, it. It's like yeah. kind of a prideful thing. We love yeah. working with them. I think they just brothers, branched so. out like musically too. They're yes, not course, just yeah. like that wave of top shelf bands anymore. Yeah, I mean, no, like, I now agree. they have like six or seven different genres of like bands. Yeah, that are there. yeah. So I, and I know that's that was consciously keep up with what yeah. they're doing nowadays. They definitely know. did that consciously too, which I think is a great move for a record label. Um, yeah, they didn't just I guess get yeah, we kind of are one of the last. Yeah, whatever type of. I don't want to say the word emo, but that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that kind of sounding yeah. band on Top Shield, I think we're one of the last. A lot of those bands jumped off, you know, when yeah. like The World Is, You Blew It, yeah, Pianos. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's nice to be the torchbearers. Yeah. And if we, if we kind of touch upon Run briefly, as you said, some people who absolutely loved Kingfisher are maybe not so on board with Run, but... As I mentioned, I, I really liked the album, but I wasn't that massive on Kingfisher. But what was kind of the, the thought process in that record? And kind of, talk me kind of through your sort of recording process a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we don't really have a thought process when we write. Just throw it and it works. Yeah. I think the change with Ron and how it's kind of a little bit more aggressive and punky is just because we've literally just toured with punk bands. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So... We like barely ever toured like post rock bands or like indie bands a lot, just punk bands. So like mm. that was us just kind of I think being influenced by just the bands we've been on tour with a lot. Um, yeah, it just all kind of came natural. Yeah. We, we did, were yeah. really relaxed doing it this time around yeah. too. Nothing felt rushed. We really took our time. We knew we didn't yeah. want to put trumpets and we didn't want to put strings on the record. Yeah, just to change shit up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like because we just don't sound like that live. Like we're, yeah. Uh, way different sounding band live than mm. on record like on record it's really clean and uh there's like tons of stuff going on and yeah we're so much heavier live well like, i think i because i saw you guys obviously uh i think maybe the last time you were when was it when you talked with hindsight 2015 yeah so yeah, i saw yeah. you guys in brighton then okay. um and obviously i'd seen you in southampton before but as you say the records is a lot more clean, clean. you can kind of yeah. pick up like the intricacies of it but live it kind of has a bit more of a punch so totally if, was that kind of something that you thought about going into this record yeah maybe the, the live element yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and that's why we switched up producers too like we've always gone with greg dunn and obviously we love him and they're not trying to talk down about him but <laughs> yeah. it's like that's just his style is making things sound really really good yeah and like i love that style but we were just kind of like at this point where why don't we go for something that's a bit more raw and live? And mm. uh, so that's why we went with. And what yeah. the, the title? I don't know. Obviously, run kind of a bit self-explanatory. But were mm-hmm. there any kind of particular themes that you kind of wanted to put into the record at all? Yeah, I was trying to do like a couple different themes with run. Like one of them was like just running as like a, just like as an activity that like you just are fully immersed in and not yeah. really thinking about a lot of other stuff. It doesn't really have a lot to do with like running away from that much. Okay. Actually, it's like not supposed. That's to probably be. a common yeah, misconception. Yeah. Then. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not supposed to be like, oh, I'm running from something. It was just kind of like being in a mindset of like being present almost. Yeah. So. And and something that I wanted to to talk to you about that I read elsewhere is 
when you come to the UK, you're looking forward to Nando's. Mm-hmm. So have you been to one yet? I know <laughs> yet, you've only been yet. in two days. But not yet. No? So is that something you guys are still looking forward to? Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, a, and an FEB. And a roast. We need a roast. Yeah, we need a roast. Yeah, yeah, really need a roast. Well, two days till Sunday. So mm. there you go. Where are you, su- where are you on a Sunday? Manchester. Manchester. There you go. You have to try try and get someone to hook you up with a race up in Manchester. Um, perfect. I'll quickly run this up because I think the venue is going to be opening up cool. pretty soon. But um, how I like to sort of wind things down is to ask you guys what your favourite prawn song is, but with a little bit of a twist. Okay. So what is your favourite prawn song that you'd like to play live? So I can see Carl scratching his head. So I'm going to give him a little while. Some, yeah. So I'm going to start with Jamie. Uh, playing live, uh, I'd probably say... It's tough because I'm really having fun playing all the new songs. Yeah, right, it's, this is a tough um, question. Yeah, but I will stores. just go with one that's just like really comfortable to play and kind of easy for me, and I, I really enjoy <laughs> yeah. the play. Is prolonged exposure. Yeah. Just kind of, we've been opening up with it lately, and I don't know. It's just a song that I feel like everybody kind of gets going yeah. on and like kind of gets ready to play. Perfect. Yeah. Tiny. I would say this tour North Links is my favorite just because it's new. Yeah. Uh, but if we had to go overall, I would probably say. Which has changed because I used to hate playing scud running. (laughs) (laughs) It was always a strain for me vocally and we would always open up with it. So I wasn't as much warming up as I possibly could do. I still wouldn't be able to hit some of the notes. Uh, But now this tour, I've really been enjoying that one too. Nice. And the pup tour, I really like playing that. Nice. And we'll come to you, Kyle. (laughs) After, I would say my favorite to play outside of the new songs, because I'm always going to like those too. Probably First is Tragedy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, First is Tragedy or even Thalassa whenever we bring that out. Yeah. Just because it's fun, you know, high energy, punk, yeah, yeah. Jet, punk songs. It's always a lot of fun to play. Yeah. It's always <laughs> yeah. really energetic, you know, you get really into it. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Perfect. Brilliant. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Really hey, cheers. cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. cheers. Good interview. So there we have it, folks. Uh, once again, massive thank you to uh, the guys from Prawn for giving me some of their time before the show. Uh, I forgot how good live they were once I saw them. I'd seen them twice before. Um, admittedly, the second time was a bit bit hit and miss. first time I saw them was blown away, and this, this performance again was kind of back on form. Um, and it was really cool that I got to watch them with my good friends uh, Tom and Charlie from Narwhals. Which made the experience all the nicer, isn't that nice? Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what the guys are doing on various social media platforms. Uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash prawn music. Uh, and on Twitter, it's at prawn music. Uh, you can always keep, oh, sorry, you can also keep up to date with what we're doing. On Twitter, it's ju- at just underscore and underscore insight. Uh, use the hashtag JAIPod to flag anything up that you want us to. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please hit the subscribe button, give us a little rating, give us a little review. really helps open us up to a wider audience. And As regular listeners will know, uh, next year I'm kind of hoping to, to delve into different areas, speak to people on a more one-to-one basis and so on and so forth. So the more people I can get on now, it will hopefully open me up to bigger opportunities down the line. Um also, as we're kind of approaching Christmas time and the end of the year, uh, be looking to kind of do potentially like an album of the year list, uh, wrestling matches of the year, 
So I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking, what you've been listening to this year, what your favourite wrestling matches are this year. So again, catch us on Twitter, let us know what, what you've been into. Um, but that's it for now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.